0: Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network for the second time this week. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent Graham Bailey, 90 Min's top cat Toby Cudworth, 90 Min writer, editor and the Spurs man Sean Walsh also joins us as well because Spurs are busy in the transfer market this week. Sean, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, it's been a good week. Two signings in two days. Who'd have thought of that? It's not like Spurs to get their business done early, but Very last efficient. couple of years has been a nice trade. Yeah.
0: It's efficient. It really I'm makes
1: serious. a nice change. Everyone getting in before first day of pre-season, which I believe is tomorrow. So, mm.
0: class. Fair okay, play. Fair play. Graham, how are you doing? Are you still as critical of Manchester United's summer transfer business now they finally agreed a deal for their first signing? Yes, definitely. More, more so. You know, I, I, I,
2: I, a month to six weeks ago, a new keeper and Mason Mount went on United's radar. And now you spent all your money on those two things, and you're not you're not very close to getting the number nine. So yeah, very critical.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit more depth shortly. Toby, how's it going? Good. Good. Declan Rice finally on the way. Are you prying, Toby? Is that the important question?
3: No, I put out a really long thread on Twitter that probably bored loads of people to tears, but it's 105 million. It's a British record fee. West Ham wouldn't have achieved anything that they've achieved over the past few years without Declan Rice. So I'm okay with it. He's got a fa- young family in London. He's going to Arsenal. I'm a- I'm all right. You know, we'll oh, move then on. Then the first Toby, what's that great fact about West Ham and Arsenal? Declan Rice is the first player to move from West Ham to Arsenal. That's never happened before. That's staggering, isn't it? What? Ever. Yeah. Ever? It's staggering, isn't it? It's great. It's that.
0: Wow, you come play, to talking transfers for transfer news and for outrageous facts. Transfer, you know, like, transfer facts. Plenty outrageous. of
3: players going the other way, normally past their best, like Freddie Lindbergh, for example. And John Hartson was a good one.
2: I made and Aladier highlights,
3: too. yeah, Rice is the first to go the other way.
0: Fair so play. Please subscribe to the show on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders. At Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey, and at Sean DZ Walsh, nightman.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest from us, nightman underscore football on all the socials, and nightman.com for everything that we do. Now, let's get into the show. We have talked about Declan Rice already, but I don't know whether Toby or Graham, you want to take this to start with. Put your hand up if if you'd like.
2: Well, I'll I'll just say one, I'll just say the. We're still waiting for the for the dates to be confirmed. Uh, that's all that's missing. Structure, everything's agreed. How are they going to pay it? So the structure's done. It's just they haven't quite agreed on when they're going to get the money. Um, which isn't to do with FFP. I actually spoke to someone about FFP. FFP, this goes down on, on West Ham's selling sheet. The selling club, it goes on as £105 million on their sheet. Whereas with Arsenal, it goes on in terms of what they're playing and how much. So in terms of whether it's 30-30-30. That goes on their sheet. It's very strange, actually, looks explained to me that it, it looks very different on the selling sheet to the buying sheet. But in terms of this, it's nothing to do with FFP. It's just, obviously, West Ham want the money ASAP, and us want to wait a little longer. Um, but it's, it's quite close um, to being signed off.
0: Toby, if uh, somebody did not see your Twitter thread, what did it contain? You can drive people to read it, spoiler-free if you want, but...
3: You know. I think Oh, yeah, just the general gist of what I've seen on Twitter is there's a big debate over whether Declan Rice is a West Ham legend. A lot of people saying of course he's not. He is. Yeah, a lot of people saying he's not, a lot of people saying he's a turncoat, they can't believe that he's going to Arsenal, um, over moving up north, um, that they don't wish him success in the future, all that kind of stuff. And I think my thread was merely to point out six years up through the academy, he's been either Hammer of the Year or young player of the year, five out of those six seasons, he's clearly West Ham's best player and has been. And football's kind of moved on from the days of Billy Bonds, Trevor Brooking, Legends of the Past, One Club Men. Football doesn't work like that anymore. And even Mark Noble, you can't put him in the same conversation as Declan Rice because they're sealing, their ability ceiling, on a completely different scale. So Essentially, I was just defending Rice to say, look, he's achieved all that he can do at West Ham. He's clearly too good to be with us. uh, And it's fine for him to move on to another club in London. And he should go with well wishes because he's led us to a trophy, our first one in 43 years. And without him, none of that would have happened. And I don't think that's inaccurate to say. Sean, is Declan Rice a
0: West Ham legend from your outside perspective?
1: I don't know man I think he should really be loyal to the team that lost 20 league games last season um, <laughs> uh, honestly because I, I went through that thread with Toby yesterday and it's just there's a lot of there is a lot of nonsense where it's just like oh he should be loyal like it's like Mark Noble left as well if he was any better guys like let not let's not get it <laughs> twisted so <laughs> that's just that's just football, and I think Rice should go well. He has done, as Toby said, the absolute maximum he could do. He won a European trophy as the captain of West Ham. What more do you want from him? What more could he possibly do? Stick around and finish 11th, 12th, 13th from five
3: more years. Great. Well, this is Why the thing, that thing I, I There's a clamour for one more year. I don't know what West Ham fans are expecting to happen this season, but I'll tell you now, it's not going to be winning the Europa League. Yeah, this last is the best that he year, can sign off with. Absolutely. Last year, we came 14th. We lost 20 Premier League games. You know, we came 6th and 7th the two seasons before. They were great seasons for us. That's as good as it's going to get when we're talking about the money that's being spent by everybody else. There's no way West Ham are going to get to that level within Rice's what? lifetime. That's for yeah. sure.
0: On West Ham, there's an argument to suggest that David Moyes should be doing the same thing.
3: Yeah, right? we, we spoke what, about this. What, what, what,
0: leave,
2: leave it. Leave it. Leaving.
0: After yeah. the after that,
2: yeah. you know, oh yeah, he, he, sh- he should be. It's interesting that off, off we talk. about this with Toby off pod, but off the field, West Ham are progressing. Tim Stidens due come in. What that means for the future, Rob Newman. It looks like they are progressing and moving on. So you say it's only in the managerial hot seat where they're not really progressing at the minute.
3: And- I, I just think it was the perfect time for him to walk away. Me and Scott had this conversation last night. Moyes is in the same boat as Rice. He is not going to do any better. He's come sixth. He's come seventh. We've got to the Europa League semi-finals, and now we've won the Conference League. Mm-hmm. That is the peak of what he will be able to achieve. And, West and only on a
2: year left. And only year left, T C. And there hasn't really, there's no, no one clamoring for him to get another contract, is there?
0: No, absolutely. Well, and this not. is the thing. West Ham start next season a little bit badly, and it goes pear-shaped, and that's the lasting memory you have of it. You know, and that could happen. It could happen. And, we, we thing will... where, and the problem with that is, isn't it, where? As we we did the story, TC, so they were looking
2: at Galtier. Let's not talk about him. Um, they were looking at Michael Silva and a few others. If you are going to get rid of Moyes, you need to do it this summer because the managers are available. If you do it in October, December, who are you going to get?
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll be shocked if we're not talking in September or October about David Moyes' future again. Maybe even sooner than that. It could be after the first two or three games if it doesn't go well. And you just think, save yourself the aggro. This could have been the perfect time to part ways and move on because the club is going to need to evolve and move on. Both the playing staff needs an overhaul. So does the style of play. We've got a technical director coming in who I don't think is going to align with David Moyes' style. So it was probably the right time to do a clean break. But hey, in September, we'll be on this podcast talking about who West Ham are considering.
0: Let's uh, let's switch to Arsenal. Uh, Kai Havertz has been confirmed as a midfield option, like Mikel Arteta called him in his, uh, just just an asset to our midfield or something like that, is what he said. So he might be playing alongside Deccan Rice in the Arsenal midfield next season. Graham, what of Yuri and Timber? Where are we?
2: Yeah, Yuri and Timber's done, agreed. 47 million euros is a total package. As we said, the deal is worth, what, one hundred and. £20,000 a week we understand roughly so not a big deal in Premier League terms at all Scott you know it's, it really isn't big so fantastic piece of business Timber I think Timber you know out of those three I'll say now Timber could end up being the best of the three easily easily the best of the three and in terms of value for money he's already way ahead of the other two so I love Timber I think he's great and it's one that Liverpool United will massively regret not doing and, uh, yeah, I love him as a signing. I think he's great.
0: Uh, one more question on Arsenal, Graham. Is this it? Or do they want more? I think they want more. It's got
2: more hearing. I think Thomas Partey will go to Saudi Arabia. I think Jorginho... That that domino effect we haven't seen in Syria A yet because we thought Rabiot would then key Milinkovic-Savic, which then might let Jorginho. I wouldn't necessarily rule Jorginho going out. It's just that he's on so much money at... Arsenal and what Latio can do now it's a massive discrepancy is what mm-hmm. they can do so I wouldn't necessarily rule Jorginho out I think Partio go to Saudi I wouldn't rule Arsenal out another midfielder be it um, not, I think Caicedo will be Chelsea bound but a Alavio yeah, someone yeah. like that I wouldn't rule Arsenal out getting another top class midfielder in I, in fact Bordian, I'm being I'll be shocked if I don't
0: and they do have When's the transfer window close? Is it is it into September this year or is it August? I mean they have two because, full months but, anyway to do yeah,
2: that. Yeah, and, right. and Zach and has gone. So Zaka and Party go. Yes, Havertz has come in. He'll be. We know he's gonna be midfield forward, he's gonna be in that in that range, but he's gonna be replacing Zaka. But before all this, they needed another midfielder anyway. So Rice isn't really coming in to replace anyone. They needed that anyway. So I think with party and Zaka going they're definitely room and Congo, he won't be coming back. So I, I think they'll do another one. I do.
0: Cool. Let's move on to Declan Rice's Bezzy. Uh, Mason Mount is on his way to Manchester United. We reported on Monday this week that obviously Chelsea rejected Man United's third bid of £55 million inclusive of add-ons, uh, which was made last Friday, a week ago. Chelsea countered that with a £58 million plus seven in add-ons offer. United were very much, no, we're not making another offer But Chelsea were always willing to make a middle ground. We reported that on Monday. Chelsea wanted to hit 60 million quid and United came back to the table eventually. I think this is one where both teams, in a sense, I I think United may be overpaying about 10 million for Mason Mount anyway, given his contract status, but you do just generally pay a premium on English players. This is kind of one of those deals, Graham. Do you think where United can say they won and they hit 55 and Chelsea can say they won and the deal will hit 60 with add-ons?
2: I think Chelsea can say they won. I agree with you. I just think United have overpaid. When you see James Madison going for 40, he's missing Mount that much better. But it's horses it, it for courses, you know. I think if United think they're improving, they're improving the squad. There's no doubt about that. Whether they're improving the starting 11, you could argue. Yeah, he's probably... I s I don't think they are improving the eleven. But you know, you need you need that better squad. You said all last season, Scott, the squad wasn't good enough, so they're bring it in. But the issue you're not signing him as a squad player, that's the problem. You signed him to start to start with um with Bruno and and Casemiro. And I well, and
0: then you do have Christian Eriksen as a rotation yeah, option, which I just is a think pretty good option.
2: There's other options out there, you know. I just think I don't. I like Mount as a player, I do. I just think there's better fits for Mount and there's better fits for United. I just don't think they're together, they're the best fits. I think when you've got Lavia and Caicedo out there, Scott, I just think they're the Maybe better. that's
0: not the way Eric Ten Hag sees the way his team playing.
2: I, yeah, I, but I agree with you. where You're not going to get... Casemiro isn't going to play every game we not if nothing else, through suspensions. <laughs> he's not going to play every game. It's what, you know, yeah, it's having the quality alongside him. But yeah, it, it's it's quite an expansive system if he's going to play. You know, if he's playing that holder, but there are, the there right are other clubs
0: doing that as well. You, you talk about Arsenal wanting to do Declan Rice and then Odegaard and, and Havertz it. in a midfield. That That's, there's not a lot of substance in that beyond Declan Rice. There's not a lot of substance in Mason Mount, no, Bruno Fernandes to- and Casemiro. You know? Yeah,
2: but they've got Thomas Partey to come in, He was one of the best defensive midfielders for the first half of last season.
0: You've got Scott McTominay or Fred to come in. That's going to be... I, I think they will address that at
3: one point, but Toby gone. On. Mm. The, the only way that that Arsenal midfield is going to work is if Arteta follows the Guardiola model. Someone goes into that anchor role next to Declan Rice. Yeah. That will allow them to play Odegaard and Havertz, and it'll be kind of a mm. 3-2-4-1 in possession. Otherwise, as you say, it's... Completely overloaded with attacking time, and we've
0: already seen Eric Ten Hag do that at United mm. with his own fullback. So this is, I think, it's just a, a way that football is. These clubs, like often, they all want to dominate the ball. They want players who are creative and useful on the ball, higher up the pitch, and then you kind of use your fullback to plug the gap. You know, uh, that seems to be the way it's going. Do you
2: think Sean Dallow do that though, Scott, in terms of the way they play, just good old-fashioned wing-back fullbacks. whereas Zinchenko and Timber could Aaron Wan-Bissaka was playing in pivots. central
0: midfield a lot last season
2: But we know he's not, we know United are open to selling him, so he's
0: not the well, future, I, Of either. course, he's not an ideal fit for that at the moment, but they have to yeah. deal with that at some point down the line. The very fact that I saw Aaron Wan-Bissaka can actually play football last season was news to me I think, I he, Honestly, I know Graham's not so hot on it, but he also wasn't so hot on Arton well, took but, over. He, he's, he's, <laughs> it, it,
2: it, I am not the one's offering him around this summer which the United
0: to that. Sean, what do you think of Mason Mount?
1: I like him. I like I think he's a very kind of dependable player. I think if he gets a run of games, if he gets a chance to kind of prove his worth, then he'll be he's someone who could play 50 55 games every single season for you. I really like him in that kind of sense that was it? I think I was on this pod recently. We we're talking about the Chelsea midfielders. They're losing all of them, and how they're losing that continuity. And I think that that's something that Mount is one of Mount's strengths. He's so consistent. You know exactly what you are getting with him. He can play in all these different roles and all these different positions. Um, I do find it funny that even when Eric Ten Hag doesn't have a top target from the Eredivisie, it's someone that he knows from from the Eredivisie. So I do enjoy that. But oh. but as you say, like this. If that's if the plan is for him to come in for Ericsson and the midfield is Casemiro, Mount and Fernandez, that's a very direct midfield. It's a hard working midfield, but it's very, very just get the ball up the pitch as quick as possible.
2: Yeah, it leaves I mean, Casemiro quite bare, Scott. Don't you think? Like, Mount does a lot. Casemiro has been quite a
0: bit. Cas- it leaves Casemiro more protected than he was with Christian Eriksen, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I
2: guess so. You get younger Eriksen,
0: yeah. basically. Eric oh, I
2: think that's a, You think Mason Mount is as good as Christian Eriksen at his peak?
0: No, you're not as good, but the same kind of. He's profile. not as good on the ball, but he has a lot more energy to cover yeah. and tackle and press. And but do he's not.
2: He's just not things. as talented, though, is he?
3: But that's not what Eric no. is after in this. Instance. Yeah, I
0: guess so.
2: I guess so.
3: A, f- a far more rounded footballer, Mason Mount is Christian Eriksen technically better, more creative, um, dead ball specialist, but Mount can defend to a level that Christian Eriksen has never done in his career and I think that's the thing that Eric Ten Hag asks of all of his players doesn't he Scott that they work hard and they do get back into shape when they've lost the ball so I think it's a good signing and I am
0: yeah sorry yeah I
3: I don't think they're massively overpaying if he had three four years left on his Chelsea contract we'd be talking about a player valued around 80 90 million wouldn't we in terms of talent. So I think it's a good deal.
0: It is worth saying that Graham's natural state towards Manchester United currently is skeptical. And that has been the case. Ever
2: since. I, 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 I do. I do accept that. And I'm just a bit annoyed at United <laughs> for not, for not bringing Frankie de Young to the Premier League, who I was, who I'm Graham, to to the ownership
0: is still unsolved. Maybe, you never maybe, know, maybe.
2: Yeah. I'd love Frankie de Young to be in England. So I'm probably not I'm a bit annoyed at United for not, would not even it. shock yet, me yet, if, yet,
0: yet, <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about Frankie de Jong again. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the goalkeeper because David De Gea is out of contract today as we record this. We have not, as as I understand this, Graham, we have not heard a decision on what he's going to do. But this is a bit of a mess, isn't it?
2: Yeah, talks are ongoing with Onana. They're not, not massively advanced from what I'm told. They are ongoing. Um, they're out in... United and sister are other options as well, but United are not confirming, which is which is the difficult situation. They're not confirming to hear is leaving. They haven't confirmed he's left. They haven't confirmed he's signing. It it's this it's a could bit of a, change,
0: by the way. By the time you've listened to this, this yeah, could have changed. But
2: it's just it's just a bit of a mess. And um, I think everything's pointing to him leaving now. You know, I don't think he's particularly happy with the contract signed and then being withdrawn, etc. it's it just yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. It may end up being the situation that he wanted that De Gea is, is, is will leave Scott, but I think the way that it's happened, it's fascinating because United were determined not for it to not for this to happen. They've been in talks with him for over a year to make sure that he left on the right. If he was to leave, it would be on the right terms. That that was the whole point of him. what he, he hadn't really been talking to other clubs. Yes, he's got interest from Saudi, but he hasn't been hawking himself around. Um, because he'd been talking to United all along. So it's a strange situation, but I think, yeah, um, it looks more than likely that he leaves now.
0: I think this is just another example of the disconnect between the people who make decisions at United and what ten Hag actually wants. I know you said, Graham, that this wasn't in the planning for De Gea to leave this season. But to me, looking at United, they have six to eight positions they need to alter and change, and they're kind of interchangeable depending on the situations of the players concerned. So... I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. And I've always I've always maintained this is a natural point for David De Gea to leave. They have messed him around. There's no question about that. But yes, David De Gea has offers from Saudi Arabia. As we record this, we do not know what he's happening. But he's out of contract today. He could take his time. He could make a decision today. We don't know. That is a live situation. Andre Onana as well. There's just nothing concrete, Graham, currently
2: um no no they are talking they're not talking, just not it's not on the brink of being done it's not it's not advanced talks we would say the two clubs are talking um Onana, he's spoken to United as well his people have spoken to United as well there are others in the conversation we know Diogo Costa has been offered again david rare the brentford keeper has been offered again So who united have always liked david rare to be fair to him we talked about him a few months ago so it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they went for him. But I think O'Neill is first choice at the moment. We know Ten Hag likes him, but it's not on the brink of being done O'Neill. But these things can happen quickly. We know into
0: our willing sellers at this point. Sean, on on David Ryer, because I'm going to come to you on James Madison in a second, but you are also the Brentford man who loves David Raya. Is this Brentford price of, uh, I think it's 40 million, isn't it, that they want for him? Is this going to be the case throughout the entire summer? I reckon... I think there is a chance that it gets like the last week of the window and they're like,
1: it could be 20 plus 20, 30 plus 10, something like that. But Brentford have always been hard sellers. I thought it was quite intriguing that Spurs tried to go toe-to-toe with them and thought they could do it. Um, it wasn't going to happen. I would say, I think I said this on the, a recent edition of the pod or on the a What Night pod. Um, the Spurs part. I, the Spurs pod, yes. Yeah. Um, that I think Ray is probably worth 40 mil to Spurs. I don't think he's worth 40 mil to United because that just brings a whole different set of pressures. And I think the things like his height, for example, that would be scrutinised so much more. You look at every single mistake that De Gea has made gets overblown. And I'm very critical of him, but I think that every single one is just like, it's so out there, it's so obvious. It's similar with Kepa at Chelsea. When you're at those bigger clubs, you can't get away with... Not saving a goal that maybe you could have got a hand to or something like that. I don't think that that is maybe the one that United should go after. I think that Onana, stick with the proven choice, stick with someone that Ten Hag knows. I think Onana should be the one. If, it, if the prices aren't too far apart, I think that it's worth paying a little bit extra to get that assurance.
0: Tell us about Spurs, Sean. Uh, James Madison is in and announced him really fast, didn't they? Mm. Really fast. Yeah.
1: Well, we report on Monday, I think we said on the, f- the first pod this week, we report on Monday that Leicester were going to bring down the asking price from 60 mil. In the end, uh, gets done for 40 plus 5. Harry Winks is going to go the other way for 10 mil. It's a really, really good piece of business by Spurs. Someone that they've courted for years and years. David Pleat um, first recommended them to Daniel Levy when he was at Coventry as a teenager. He looked to be like someone who was going to follow the same path as Deli Alley, that Spurs would pick him up from the Football League and develop him. It never really happened, but he's since gone on to become a really good Premier League player, England international. And I've been, uh, this is very cheap because it's pre-season, not even pre-season. There's nothing, nothing's happened on the pitch yet, but I have been completely kind of swayed by the Spurs PR so far this summer, I think. And Postacoglu talks a really good game. I thought Madison's first interview, which came out last night, was just ticks all the right boxes. So they're going in the right direction. It's very refreshing to hear just enthusiasm about Tottenham again, rather than just the usual. We need to suffer. We need to work very hard, and and like the ultimate goal is the trophy, and we that is like the only focus. It's nice to move away from that and just get some more enjoyment out of playing nice football, out of having a likable team with likable players. Madison talked about Ericsson in his interview. He said, ah, the iconic number 23 shirt. I always admired Ericsson. It was great to swap shirts with him. So it's just nice to have that kind of positive feeling again around the club, I guess.
0: Talk to us about a potential next arrival. Will it be in the defence?
1: I hope so. Um, It does seem that... That is the next area that Spurs are looking to go for. They've got the goalkeeper, they've got the creative midfielder. That's two huge holes filled. Um, we're now on to center backs looking at uh, two Bundesliga defenders, Mickey van der Ven of Wolfsburg and Edmund Tapsaber of Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, it, I, I think good profiles, the, though. good, good pro- yeah, good profiles. I, I, my concern, I'm more high on Tapsaber than van der Ven. From what I've seen of Van der Van, he's a little bit shaky. He's a little bit more raw. but looks like that is a kind of senior player waiting to make a big move. Um, if we were to get one, I would definitely prefer it to be him. Uh, I think we need more than one, though, It would be the issue because we don't know if Spurs are going to make that long leg deal permanent. It seems like go either way. Um, Dyer might leave, might stay. The reports recently seem that he wants to at least try and fight for his place. I wish him the best of luck with that. Um, (laughs) Davidson Sanchez is probably going to leave finally. Jaffa Tanganga, I don't think he has a long-term future at the club. And you're relying on Romero being tuned in because when he is tuned in, you see, he's a player capable of winning the World Cup. He can be one of the best defenders in Europe. When he's not tuned in, it's a complete catastrophe. So Spurs
3: need at least, I think we need two at least. The only thing, Sean, I would say in Van der Ven's favour, he's left-footed. So, mm. left-footed centre-back nice. is becoming more of a thing, isn't it? Spurs have also had an interest in Emerick Laporte from Manchester City. Mm. Again, left-footed. So, you do wonder if that's coming into the consideration for a number of teams when they're looking for centre-backs. They are trying to play a different brand of football, now more progressive uh, style of passing, ground-based. So, you actually want somebody to be decent with their left peg rather than just lumping it forward, which, yeah. yes, the year was kind of what you expected from your centre backs. But
1: yeah, for sure. Taps him to, to play on the left, though.
0: Yeah. Though I, do remember,
1: I, I do remember it... when, when Ranyuk went to Man United and Maguire has always played his career on the left
3: and he was like, hey, let's put him on the right. I was like, ah, a tactical genius. I think, if anything, it's showing now that the modern day centre back needs to be able to play on both sides and needs yeah. to be both footed mm-hmm. because that helps. You be identified as a potential transfer target when teams are looking to fill a left sided centre back. That's a bit of a specialism now. Yeah. Um, so the ability to play with both feet is key. Yeah. I feel like you could find right
1: footed centre backs and right footed left side forwards like anywhere. I feel like there's loads of those options everywhere. And like number 10 Zouk, who you think could do a job as a number eight, but might not actually be able to do it that well.
0: Uh, sticking with Spurs briefly, Graham, I'm going to come to you if you're tuned in. Harry Kane, what is the latest? Where do we stand with him?
2: Fairly simple, really. Daniel Levy, um, unrelenting, not for sale, doesn't want to let him go. We have seen, obviously, the interest in Bayern Munich confirmed this week. We have seen Kane's camp agitating for the first time this summer, um, starting to buy in keeping in touch with Real, PSG, on the continent as well, letting them know. It's a fascinating situation. Clearly, the European clubs, who myself and Sean reported, they were convinced that... More that Kane was happy... Not happy to stay, but he was he was um, expecting to stay and was accepting of his fate. But now there seems to have been something tangible in the background with his with his brother and father who were talking to his team, saying, look, we can get him out. So we can only speculate as to where that appetite has come from on on from their part as to to getting out. From Tottenham's point of view, no, he's not for sale. If it was a fee to be had, there, Levy isn't even saying there's no fee out there. It's not like the Declan Rice situation where we knew over a hundred it was going to start flexing and from the one twenty. There's no fee there for Kane. I, I think if Levy pushed would want one fifty. I think he'd want more than Osiman. Summer, I really do. I think what. Sorry, go on. No, 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 no. You finish first. No, I think he'd want he'd want Mbappe type money. I really do think that.
1: And I think one thing I will say about Levy is, would he? You could say that if Kane goes for free next summer, at least Levy made him see out the six years of that contract, which was even at the time it was like six years. Like I know there's like the peak of Spurs, like. The All hours are pointing up, but it was like six years, like Jesus. So if he stays for all six years, at least Levy can say, that's we tried our best. But could Levy get away with being the chairman who sold Spurs' best player ever? I think that might play on
3: his mind a little bit. Very uh, image conscious, isn't he, Daniel Levy? Mm. Um, I was just going to add as well, we spoke to our German colleagues earlier in the week and we know German media are very confident that Bayern are going to get Kane and our colleagues at 90min Germany kind of echoed that sentiment Um, Bayern really think they've got a chance of doing this despite the figures that we're talking about and what Daniel Levy actually will settle for for Kane so interesting disparity right because we're kind of writing it off and saying it's absolutely not going to happen Bayern am confident about Declan Rice they were. So. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme, actually, now, all of the reports coming yeah. out of Germany. I, well, I, well, I, well. I
2: wouldn't say, uh, to be fair, they've the, the, the been in for Kane for a long time. I think it was more two Kellen Rice, but we knew no, Declan Rice was never leaving leave London, was he? But it's fascinating. I said, we, Do you think we, Harry we, Kane? Like, Harry like, Kane <laughs> London? I think Kane, Kane is more... Well, there's something clearly going on there. That's the thing where we didn't think he'd be... We always, we've always we been talking about Keenan buying for a l- longer than most, haven't we? I've always insisted that Bayern wanted him. So, I don't know. I've always been the one who thought he might go, but I, I just don't feel it at the moment. From I per, 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 My gut feeling, I, I, Daniel Levy is not for, for for negotiating this month. And I find it strange. You know, United clearly don't have that feeling that um, that Levy's going to sell it, or they would be making moves and we're not getting any inclination or any messages out from Old Trafford that they are still trying. So, no, I, as it stands, um, still not for sale, but
0: um, we'll soon see. Let's a uh, quick fire run through. Let's start with Graham's favourite player, Pau Torres. What's happening? Going to Aston Villa.
2: I do like a left-side centre-half, don't I, guys? I love Killman. Pau Torres, Graham. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, from not, Levi, not... Levi Colwill, Max Kilman. It's, it's, a, it's a space in my, in my dream 11 that is pretty full. Yeah, Pau Torres, I think he's great. You know, um, very fitting that the Rolls, the Spanish Rolls-Royce is coming to Birmingham, home of the Rolls-Royce, or Midlands, sorry, the Midlands. Um, yeah, the deal is nearly done. They've got him for around €40 million. Euros. Good deal. He's coming to link up with um, Emery. I Emery. In 12 months' time, Pau Torres is going to be getting linked with a return to Spain with Real Madrid and Barcelona. He's that good. There'll be clubs... Wondering why I didn't do a deal. He is an outstanding player, and he's going to show it at Villa this year. I Can love we him. I this think up, great. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I love I, it. I, he's a great sign. He's a great. I think he's a great sign. He'll be one of the signings of the summer. I think the, the money's good. It's a, it's not. They're not overpaying for him. And I think based around what what else Villa are going to do, I just I think it, it's going to. I. He's going to he's going to kick on with Emery at Villa. He really. My is.
0: personal take. If you put Victor Lindelof in that Villarreal team, he would look just as good.
1: Eric hey, why book- was in that Villarreal team; was pretty good.
3: <laughs> Can we bookmark the date of this podcast because I'm getting flashbacks to 12 months ago when G was saying Wesley Fofana and Kalidou Koulibaly could be the best centre-back <laughs> partnership in Europe. That was based on Fofana, though.
2: and I still think Fofana will will prove to be one of the best centre-backs in Europe. I saw, um, I see the vision
1: years. with
0: that at least. I can't see it with Pal Torres at least. <laughs> I anyway, that. I like him, we'll that is no, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. But uh, power torres on his way to Aston Villa. We have some other bits we'll talk about. Let's do Dominic, right? Sharber's lie, correct? Good. Anybody can do it any better? No, uh, doing i do a scouts' can, accent. I can I'm looking,
2: I'm looking, I'm, look, I'm looking forward. To, uh, I'm, not, I'm not having to go, uh, go at any Liverpool fan or any scouts, but I'm looking forward to them pronouncing this. Not that I can do it because I can't, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: I've uh, I've had him on previous football manager saves. Pretty decent. I once sold him for about 150 million after buying him cheap. But Liverpool have made contact. And Graham, I'll come back to you here. Like Liverpool have made contact and that is progressing, correct?
2: It is. Um, surprisingly quickly, we did a piece on this two-toads score. Myself and Sean did a bit and um, I got a few messages back saying uh, we'd gone a bit strong on it. Um, we said Liverpool have been in contact, but it is progressing now. Leipzig and the whole Red Bull organization in Liverpool have got a very good um, history of dealing with each other, they've got a very good relationship. They've done the deal with uh, Fabio Carvalho going there, they're happy for him to do that. And yeah, Zobazai, who has a release clause of £60 million, obviously, clearly that isn't going to be needed to be paid here. I'm hearing probably around £50, Liverpool can get this done, but a spectacular player, really, really good. This one. I think what, this deal has is come he? from
0: what is he exactly?
2: I think he, he's a he's a cam, he's a good old fashioned. it?
0: he's
2: a good old fashioned. You can't drop FIFA speaking into the podcast.
1: You can't drop FIFA speaking when you lost six 0 to me yesterday.
2: Well, it's a football, <laughs> it's a football man, it's a football man. You can be a cam in football, man. You can't, you as well. Um, I like him, I think he's that front, um, in the, in the three man midfield. So, my question Callister. to you, you, th- you think
0: you think Casemiro plus. Mason Mount plus Bruno Fernandez is a bit lightweight. So, what is Liverpool's midfield? Thiago or Zobeslie no, plus have McAllister a... plus a DM who a, a broken Fabinho.
2: I think McAllister, Zobers-Lie and another depends who the one is. Is is but those is those fat, two is fat, players they have similar profiles
0: it's... to what Ericsson Harg is making.
2: I think it's far superior to Mount and Fernandez personally. Um, I, I would have those two over them two all day long. Having having seen Bruno Ooh. Fernandez, having seen Bruno Fernandez putting some of the most pitiful performances I've ever Bruno seen. Bruno Fernandez is
0: one of the the, the players, uh, top of the ranks in Europe for putting up numbers for goals and assists. Like, it's not even close. He,
2: he put in some. Dismal performances last season, I, and he did. Quite, he put in some dismal this performances. Is anyway, an this, is, this, is this is not an anti Man United, but this is the Liverpool. Graham. But this is the Let's talk Liverpool. McAllister and Zobbazai, I think, is an outstanding attacking midfielder. I really do. I think this is a player who Liverpool have been looking for, for for quite a while since Coutinho left, arguably. And yet, it does. You're right, Scott, though. It does depend on it's all very well having McAllister in there and Zobbazai. It's what if you have a three man midfield. If it is Fabinho, that's not good enough. So we will, you know, do the tip risk on bringing Graven back in. I, I do take you up. That point is correct. It's it's a, all three coming together. Have to come together. It's all very well having two good and one bad. It's it's an interesting. But I think there's it's not um, a
0: defense, there's not a lot of defensive bones in that midfield either. is all I'm saying.
2: No, no, exactly. That third one, whoever it is, has to be, and it can't be Fabinho because he was
3: he was dreadful last season. He yep. really was. But we so all it know- has to be. Trent's going to be in there as well. We yeah. know that now. That's going to be so. That, that's your fallback. I, I, dropping I, I in
2: don't. His I don't think. I think Trent will start. He'll 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 have that pivot role, but he'll start at right back. He'll go in that role, T C. He will drop in there, which gives him. A, it's like Arsenal, isn't it? it? Gives him that extra solidity. But I, I think they do need that other player. So if it's maybe it might be Gravenbach, who if he goes there, massive risk. But if oh he goes God. there, you have Trent. He's not. You a have DM, him is
0: he? Like anyway, let, let's move on because Gav- we, we run.
2: Defensive midfielder? No.
3: Not in, the, not in the sense of a traditional holding midfielder, no. He's an eight, think, so, no. yeah. Mm. So, for me, anyway, uh, we'll
0: talk about but another the, eight.
2: But, but the, but the day is going, yeah. It's at yeah. the moment, it looks like they're uh, progressing. Newcastle are out of this one now. They were linked. Um, looking at him instead of Madison, but Newcastle are out of this now.
0: Graham, you dictate the time because I know that you have other commitments.
2: No, it's fine. Come on, let's keep going. Okay, I'll, let's keep going. I, I love talking transfers. Come on, okay, let's
0: great. keep going. Uh, talk transfers about Gabri Vega, then
2: interesting yeah we have put a story out today um i do apologize when in advance i did get my super agents mixed up i've got so many notes that i wrote george <laughs> mendes i wrote george mendes and it's obviously pinnies a harvey i know that I, it wasn't my notes but as as the guys have testified to in the office my notebook is quite messy at times so um i do i do get confused but anyway these chelsea Liverpool, man city and newcastle are all talking to the agents of Gabri vega Gabri vega is available 40 million euros. We we talked about this guy in January, I think, when he first really came on the radar. Outstanding season for a very poor Celtic Vigo team. Um, oh, maybe Rafa Benitez gets a chance to sell someone to his former club. Um, he's a wonderful talent. Barcelona I really like him, but I don't think they're going to be pushing on for him this season. So he's one to keep an eye on guys. Chelsea like him a lot. Liverpool do. I think he's one who, if they came in, he'd be a pro- more of a project. Don't see him going in there starting for any of these premier league teams let's say maybe newcastle if they got him he might be that number 10 possibly but yeah the interest is uh it's it's not an awful lot of money in premier league terms you know under 40 million pounds so yeah keep an eye on this one there's a good chance he comes to the premier league
0: um putting you on the spot here toby but can you tell
3: us about riyad Mahrez? riyad Mahrez was not amused at failing to play in the Champions League and FA Cup final. So obviously he's been a key player, hasn't he, for Pep in big games, kind of a, a Bernardo Silva figure in that role that whenever City have needed to get a result, Mahrez has tended to to be in the side. And his numbers we spoke about as a team a couple of weeks ago are outstanding in the years that he's had at Manchester City, both in terms of goal output and assists. But he's coming towards the end of his Manchester City contract. He's got another year remaining. He's got interest from Saudi Arabia. Um, Our understanding is that Al Ali, one of the four PIF-owned teams, have offered him a deal worth £45 a year, which is obviously huge money. Um, He's not yet made a decision about what he's going to do, but I think there's every chance that he could move on from Manchester City this summer, um, which would be a blow to City because we still anticipate something to happen with Bernardo Silva, whether that be Saudi, Paris Saint-Germain or Barcelona. We
0: mentioned Saudi Arabia there. As we've been recording, we have had news through on Hakim Ziyech as well, who was on his way to Saudi Arabia, but now apparently that is not the case. Uh, Graham?
2: No, there's uh, mixed reporting from al from from failing to sort out the last bit of his contract. So a failed medical. At the moment, it's off. Chelsea are saying to us that this could be resurrected. They could drop the eight million fee. You know, I, th- I think I think it's one that might come back again. You know, because there's not many other options for him out there as we've seen. And Chelsea are obviously desperate to get him off the wage bill. It's it's it's. I think it's more of a flying ointment for anything here. I think Zaitch will be going. Um, might have to find somewhere else for him. But yeah, it's one here where I think they might come back around the table and get it done. Personally. Is it
0: fair to say at the moment, then, that that deal is in the danger zone?
2: It's a, that's a brilliant link. Yeah, it is. It is. That's one in the danger zone.
0: <laughs> Toby, let's do irons in the fire to finish the show. Uh, Edson Alvarez and Harvey Barnes are... And Graham's doing the irons line. Edson Alvarez and Harvey Barnes are... That's it. You take it.
3: Edson Alvarez, one of West Ham's top targets to come in and replace Declan Rice. Been on the shortlist for quite a while, um, but we thought he was going to Borussia Dortmund. They were closing on a a deal worth around £35 million. That's Ajax's valuation, but that has hit a last-minute stumbling block, and it appears now that Dortmund are going to go in the direction of offering Emre Chan a new contract, and they're looking at Felix Nemecha as a potential transfer target instead from Wolfsburg so uh, you particularly like him by the way no I like his brother Lucas oh, okay who, right, yeah sorry. who scored 50 plus goals for me on football manager but we won't digress um, so Alvarez not going there puts him back in the shot window for West Ham and I think West Ham could move on this one they're looking at Jao Paulinia, Calvin Phillips a number of others but this particular player would represent probably better value for money for West Ham and He's a player that David Moyes likes. David Sullivan likes him as well, which is, I think Graham would agree, it's not always the case that those two see eye to eye on on talented players, but they do with this one. So we anticipate West Ham might try to make a move on this. And they are making a move for Harvey Barnes. Um, Talks advanced is how that's been described to us, to join from Leicester City. uh, Newcastle, Aston Villa have liked Barnes as well, but West Ham perhaps looking to steal in here and get a player that I think is arguably as as good as James Madison or can be uh, and certainly needs to leave Leicester after their relegation last but season. If you have Jared Bowen on one wing and Harvey, Harvey Barnes on the other wing. Hmm. Nice real, point. real, yeah, real nice pace. Point. And I think Harvey Barnes is a great David Moyes kind of player if West Ham are going to continue playing the style that they do. Two wingers who have got the ability to get in behind and score goals. It's a it's a huge upgrade on side Ben Rama who looks good, uh, brilliant in flashes, but can also drop a four out of ten stinker every now and again. And he doesn't have the same output as Barnes, who got double figure Premier League goals last year. And crucially, is two footed, can cut inside or drive to the byline. Um, so really exciting potential sign in there. That was your irons in the fire section. We also crammed in a danger zone reference.
0: Thank you, Sean and uh thank you for listening everyone. That is it unless anyone has anything to add on today's show talking transfers we'll try and do it twice a week. This is the second one that we've recorded this week but we are in the midst of the transfer window and we feel like there's enough to talk about to warrant two shows a week currently so we'll see you early next week likely Tuesday for more talking transfers and you can follow us. All on social media. The Twitter is at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey, and at Sean DZ Walsh. 90 forward slash talking transfers for all the latest on the website about the stories that we've talked about today and all the stories we'll talk about and report on over the weekend. And beyond that, 90 for all the general latest from the website, 90min underscore football on all the social channels for 90min themselves. From Graham, Sean, Toby, and me, Scott. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon for Talking Transfers.